0: Welcome to Source. This is Ed. This is Kevin. And we're here uh, today with a a top 10 UCLA football team, uh, which is (laughs) something we never thought we'd be saying at the beginning of the season. I feel like the last three weeks we've been saying that a lot, but uh, here we are. And uh, we have a massive game upcoming on Saturday, a top 10 matchup between us in Oregon for what kind of feels like it's going to
1: be for the uh, for the conference here. And maybe at the very it's fun least, to playoff. Uh, so at the very least, I think it's a for a chance to go to Vegas. I think the winner of this game over the weekend can pretty much book their plans uh, for Vegas on the weekend of December six, uh, December second. Because uh, at that point, we'll have the tiebreaker uh, over the other. And also just again, you know, schedule watching a little bit, but Oregon has probably the, the two worst teams in the conference. Not probably, they are the two worst teams in the conference coming up uh, in back-to-back weeks after UCLA. They got Cal and Colorado, um, and then they got at home Washington and Utah. So may- And then, of course, the rivalry game uh, at the end of the year against Oregon State. So maybe those last three weeks they could slip up once. Uh, but really, I think for both teams, you win this weekend and uh, you're, you're, you're probably going to that conference championship game at the end of the year.
0: It's, yeah, uh, it's a game day game. You know, this is what the second game day game against Oregon we've had in the last couple of years. Uh, it's, that seems to be a trend. And yeah, I mean, UCLA has not had a good track record against Oregon in the last few years. Um, we've lost like nine out of the last ten matchups, which is obviously not great. Though if you look at the last two games, they were very, very, very close one-score games. Um, And this could be the year where we finally get over the hump because we are operating on both sides of the ball at a much higher level than we have been the last few years. So um, the, the importance of this game is is paramount. I mean, there's there's no understating uh, that this game is going to be the game of this Potentially the game of the season. Maybe a... a, a, a not maybe. It is the game of the season until the USC game. I think that's, that's crazy to say. I feel like we've said that every week, the last three weeks, first Washington, then Utah. We obviously had the bye week. Uh, but now Oregon really does feel that way. I think it's... Yeah, there's, a there, there's a reason
1: for that. There's a reason we had to go in that progression because uh, you know we hadn't achieved much uh, of, of substance going into that first uh, game against Washington. And then it's kind of been a steady progression from there, right? It's like, can you beat a decent team? Okay, did that. Can you beat now what is, I think, proven to be a good team in Utah? Now we go on the road against uh, again a, a top 10 team. I think there's a bit of a, a prove it factor still for both teams. I think for UCLA they want to we want to make a statement nationally that you know we are a force to be reckoned with, and then for Oregon I think they're trying to prove that that first week was a blip in the radar and that they have turned this thing around. And if you look at it. Their schedule so far, since getting pasted by Georgia, forty-nine three, and there's no shame in getting pasted by Georgia, but by that many points, by forty-six points, that's a lot. So then you look at the remaining games that they've played. It, it hasn't been a it, it, it's it's not been a strong schedule at all. Even the FCS team that they played, uh, Eastern Washington, uh, even Bad. they are they're struggling. They they are they're, they're one and five right now um so they're not good BYU has proven to you know taken a, a big dip they lost to Notre Dame uh, a couple weeks ago then they went and lost to Arkansas pretty badly so they're they're struggling and then Stanford and Arizona I think are are or Stanford and Arizona so Oregon they need a win to put them back in that playoff chase uh, by name alone and by name recognition just by what they've Achieve in the last 10 15 years. If they get a couple wins, Oregon will be in that hunt going down the stretch. So, again, there's a prove it factor for both teams. Um, and again, for for UCLA, uh, you know, a, a win here, y- UCLA doesn't have a great, and, and we all remember it, right? Like a great track record of, uh, you know, getting into that top 10 and then following it up with a good performance. Um, and, and, and there's so many examples that, that we can think of uh, I, I think of 2015 you know we got in uh, as high as i think number seven uh, and then went and lost to arizona state uh, there was 2014 uh, when we got all the way to number eight and then lost to utah at home before then going and getting uh, knocked off by oregon pretty con- convincingly at home um, so you know ucla has though not been as successful in these last 20 years there have been times when it looks like hey uh, we, we're really about to take the top off here and then it, it falls off so so a lot of these superficial reasons we can talk about for why it feels like a big game
0: yeah and i think going into even more context but the the conference race right now also there there's a lot that happened over the past weekend some weird stuff uh somehow stanford beat notre dame didn't see that coming but um for more importantly for conference implications Utah actually was able to knock off SC which was big i i think that was the best case scenario for everybody <laughs> besides maybe SC but for the conference best case scenario um and i'm not saying that because i hate southern cal but it gives um it gave Utah that bounce back win which gave us more legitimacy um and so it it, it kind of creates a little bit more of that log jam at the top of the the South race, especially, but but the conference in general. Um, Colorado also won, which is weird. I don't know how that happened.
1: Um, I don't know. Did you see any of that game? No. That was the worst game, like ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Colorado and Cal, man. Uh, I just happened to catch a little bit of it there, and and God bless whoever got had to watch that whole thing from end to end. Uh, that 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 was a bad game. That, that finally went down into overtime in Colorado, got a win. Um, you know, it might tell you a little bit about Carl Durrell and you know what was going on over there. But uh, anyways, that happened. Utah beating SC was very big. Uh, I think for UCLA, because on a number of levels, I think if SC had won that game, um, just the momentum and the the confidence that would have been flowing through that team probably would have ripped through these next three games because for them upcoming now they got Arizona on the road which Arizona I guess can be tricky over there but but they're they're, they're going to win they're they're not going to lose to Arizona and then again they got the two worst teams in the conference at home cal and colorado so if SC didn't lose there, um, we were, we were going to see him unbeaten and likely they were going to be in the conference championship already at that point. So that, that was definitely a big loss uh, for them.
0: And their fans would have been insufferable and that would not have been fun, but thank you Utes for being very ballsy and beating them by that one point. Uh, they, they really, that was a great game. They really showed some, some guts there, um, and exposed a lot of that, that USC defense, which I think a lot of people have been saying anyways, but they really could not stop anybody uh, down the stretch, or really for most, a lot of that game. Uh, like, Utah clawed back into it, uh, especially in, in those moments where it looked like they were going to run away with it, but credit to Utah for sticking with it, and kept they just kept plugging away, and um, I, I was... Uh, I was ecstatic. <laughs> I was, I was very happy that they won.
1: Yeah, if you look at all the Pac twelve teams right now, um, the, the contenders, right? Uh, so the the top four, we'll call them, which is Oregon, UCLA, in no order, Oregon, UCLA, USC, Utah. Uh, all of them are kind of built in a similar manner. They all have offenses that are that have explosive play capabilities. Uh, they can run the ball, they can possess the ball, uh, and they can score points. And then they have defenses that are just trying to hold water and get stop you as much as they can, work make you work hard, and then try to get pressure on the quarterback, get you behind the chains, and hopefully get a few stops. So all the, these, these teams kind of seem to be following that pattern. Um, and as we look ahead to our matchup this weekend, uh, that has definitely completely not proven to be any exception to, uh, after the bye week, so before the bye week, it was that Oregon was the number five offense, UCLA was number six. After the bye week, uh, Oregon has fallen to the number nine offense, UCLA has fallen to the number 12, uh, just by sheer virtue of less games played. So both offenses, you know, very good. And then on defense, you know, both in in similar standing, but uh, UCLA actually right now statistically fearing much better. UCLA right now after the bye week, again, less games played and all that. Up to the 35th ranked uh total defense uh, in the country and oregon right now standing at 61. so this is really going to be a matchup dependent uh you know game because all, all the pac 12 teams want to do the same thing they want to let their offense possess the ball go up and down and then get a few stops and hopefully win the game so it's going to come down on the on those days those matchups you know which you know i think mean, coaching is a, is a huge part of this you know which team has game-planned and scouted the other well enough on that day to stop the specific things they will do well on that day to where they can get a few stops, get a few turnovers, and win the game. Um, and I think that's what this this weekend kind of comes down to, which is, you know, b- both teams, I don't think it's any secret uh, what the other wants to do. Uh, and it's just going to be a matter of, you know, who which defense is – ready enough to make the other work hard drive those 12 14 plays and get enough stops to win and then hopefully give their quarterback the last chance to win
0: yeah i i think that's accurate and and, you know looking at oregon their their defense similar to ours is is perfectly exploitable especially from a secondary standpoint i think they've given up a, a good amount of yards to to throwing offenses and We need to be able to exploit that going into this game. I think Jake Bobo.
1: It's the the 113th ranked uh, pass defense in FPS out of 131.
0: So that's 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 bad.
1: Um,
0: That is bad. So we need to get guys like Jake Bobo and our receiving core uh, or tight ends. We need those guys to exploit this the secondary. Um, and and if we do, and I think we've shown time and time again so far this season that we can, we're gonna we're gonna put up a lot of points here. Um, I, I what are your what are your thoughts on uh, switching to to the offensive side of the ball? What are your thoughts
1: on bonix? Yeah, I've watched Bo Nicks, uh You know. Every so often, Auburn is is on uh, on national TV. So yeah, I've watched enough Bo Nix over the years, and you, know, a, a, as much as a lot of times when you say like, oh well, this quarterback he, he he's not a good runner, but he's really accurate. He he hasn't been really accurate actually, in in many cases over the course of his career, uh, and that's not just like the stats that that show that. Um, just in general, the way that that he plays. He isn't someone that can just read coverages and then slice and dice you that way. He hasn't really proven that over time, um, but what he has proven is that he can throw on time when he knows where he's going with the ball. And against our defense, I think that's what that's what he's he's looking for. They're looking to run the ball with Travis Die. Their their team is is built off of the running game. Um, they, they 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 generate some some good explosive plays off off their off their run game uh they have a couple of backs uh that that run well you know from bucky irving noah whittington and then bo Nicks himself uh can, can run so that's where they want to start the game uh, and then from there they want to build on to build play action explosive plays um, you know screens bubbles that's the, the game that they want to play. They, they don't want to be playing the third and eight, let's just drop back and pass game. And, and that's, that's what we definitely want to play because that's when we can let the pass rushers lose and that's the strength of our defense. So again, th- I think the key for UCLA is similar to Utah. Can we just, I mean, they're, they're going to ha- run the ball with some success. Uh, I don't think we're going to shut them down. Can we get them to you know four to five yards to carry versus the six to seven that they're used to? Or, or, or eight. And then from there, we can't give up a big play because Bo Nix thrives on those big plays. When, he, when, when they get those big plays, his confidence gets up. He has much less to do. And then that's where you know you can kind of hide um, any deficiencies he might have. So if we can prevent the big play and not completely bleed out yards on the ground, very similar to Utah, I think we will have a chance at the end here to win, um, even being on the road, uh, because they're going to have to, once again, work for their yards, and you know, we'll talk about our offense soon here, but it's going to give us a chance to you know sustain drives and, and again, play the style that we want to play.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I think you mentioned Travis Dye. He's actually not there anymore, Um he transferred to SC, but with him and Verdell gone, they've been kind of running it by committee, which has been interesting. So I think they have a transfer from Virginia Tech, um, Keyshawn King, who came in. Um, they have a couple of guys, Holston and uh, Thomas. Uh, they've been they've been really trying to run it by committee. They don't doesn't seem like they have that one guy who's just been carrying their um, I no. they got two. They got
1: yeah. So it's Bucky Irving, Noah Whittington. Bucky Irving comes from Minnesota. Uh, so he sat behind Mo Ibrahim at at Minnesota, who's, who's tearing it up right now. Noah Whittington comes from Western Kentucky, uh, and you know he was started a, played a little bit there last year, and he he's the one that transferred over uh, after Dan Lanning. He's from Georgia himself, uh, and then Dan Lanning kind of brought him over. Both, again, the big runners in the sense that they average well over six yards a carry uh, to both of them. And, that, and that's when they have the most success is when they can get you know to second and four and second and three and then really get their tempo moving. Um, you know, the, the tempo offenses don't work when you get to second and eight and second and seven. And then all of a sudden you're rushing to get to a third down play that you actually don't want to run really fast. Um, so... that that, that's again our key, Uh, much easier said than done. I don't think we can do it all game, but can we do it enough times to give DTR a chance? There
0: is also a factor that we don't really have to deal with often, but the the factor of rain and weather that could play into this game. Um, There is a chance that this game will have some rain. It is supposed to rain in the morning, so it sounds like either way the game will be wet. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how we adjust to that. Obviously, that that Lee lends uh, us to go in the direction of probably just giving Zach Charbonnet the ball and trying to run it down their throats a little more. But you know, I I hopefully we can adjust a little bit and be able to still throw the ball a little bit, even if it's a little wet. Um, I just to exploit that that secondary. It's gonna be interesting to see how we adjust to any sort of weather in Oregon. And and I would think Chip Kelly in the last few years has fared pretty well on the road at Odson and I, I gotta imagine he will hopefully know how to adjust his offense to any sort of weather that he's had to deal with up there. So I'm I'm curious to see how that plays into this game
1: yeah we we've we've gotten real close and and, and against oregon. And, and if you remember preseason we, we were talking about this, and I just felt like we were due for a game against oregon and And you think two years ago, uh, the game the over the COVID year, uh, before the half, we have the lead in a game that we were not favored to be even in the game, right? Uh, we really which,
0: fumbled that game away.
1: Yeah, so Chase Griffin's the quarterback, and right before the last play of halftime, we try to throw a Hail Mary that gets returned for a touchdown. And from that point on, Oregon had the lead, but we still fought back and, and nearly uh, got got there at the end. We ended up losing by three. And then last season, I mean, we were out of the gates real hot last season. Um, took a 14-0 lead. The offense was moving. Eventually, you know, we take a lead into halftime uh, by three. And then, you know, our defense kind of breaks down there and, and Oregon t- took control. But then even then, with, at the end, uh, had a chance uh, on, on, our, on our last drive to take the ball and try to go win the game. DTR got hurt. You know, we've been that close uh, against Oregon. And I would say that's with our not best teams, uh, You know, particularly two years ago. So I just, I just feel like we're due for a game against them. The one thing that does you know, that does give me a little bit of worry, and I don't know how much it should worry me because, again, you don't know who they've played and, and what they really got. But the rush defense for Oregon right now, again, it, this might be a UCLA thing, right? because UCLA statistically has a really good rush defense, 16th. But I think those who watch UCLA, we know that we're, we are susceptible to give up uh, some gash runs there. We don't give up big plays, but we do give up some yards per carry sometimes. Oregon is 14th right now uh, in in rush defense, and it's it's weird because you look at even the game against Georgia. Um, Georgia didn't really run the ball, but but that's that was actually it was more because they chose not to run the ball, right? Like they let Stetson Bennett throw it all over the yard. And by the way, that says a lot about Oregon's pass defense because Georgia right. does a lot of things well. Um, Stetson Bennett is not one of those things, uh, in my opinion, though others disagree. So, you know, they they chose not to run the ball, uh, but when they did, they they were able to. And then the rest of the teams they played, you know, BYU, Arizona, you know, Stanford, they, they all of them all of them struggled. So, yeah, this this will be interesting. Um, you know, how we can hold up there. Arizona, believe it or not, actually like had success running, but they were just down by so much after this the after halftime that they couldn't run anymore uh, and have that be viable so in that wet weather you know i I do think we need uh, the the threat of of zach charbonnet to carry it 20 25 times we're not a team that just methodically moves the ball down the field i think we've shown that Uh, we are we're more of a team that's going to use you know motion options um, play play action passes to get the ball down the field fast but doing that you we need the threat of Zach Charbonnet, DTR, Bobo, and, and have the defense respect all these different elements. Uh, if that's all going to work,
0: yeah, I, I I agree with that. I I, I think what it's going to come down to though is our O line here, who has been playing very well. Uh, surprisingly, um, I know that was a concern, and I think that's been pretty much allayed at this point. But they, if they can open up some holes and gives to Charbonnet just enough time to get through that first line of defense, um, I think we'll have some success here. I, I do think that we're going to have to, to run it. I just, we need to establish that to open up some of the other offense. And uh, Charbonnet is a guy who's not easy to bring down. I think you've seen him kind of time and time again get through the first tackle um, and he's always shown some strength and, and power on that front. So I, I do think that we need to be able to uh, run the ball down their throats a little bit to open up some of that, the rest of the offense. And if we get, and I, I got to imagine that they're not overlooking Zach Charbonnet, but if we can successfully do that early on, I think it opens up our passing game to exploit that secondary. Um, it's going to be, it, that, that is going to be key for our offense to win this game.
1: Really curious to see how Dan Lanning plays DTR in this game. Because I, I do think, you know, Zach Charbonnet was recruited by Georgia. So, I, I, I mean, and that's where Dan Lanning comes from. So, you would think that he knows enough about him. You know, DTR, he hasn't seen a lot of film on him until probably this week uh, or whatever he saw in the preseason Right, um, so you wonder what he, his thoughts are of him, because because we've seen the past couple of weeks, uh, coaches kind of fall into this trap with DTR, where they expect that if you just send the pressure house at him, him, right, send pressure at him, eventually he'll make a mistake. And not only has he not made a mistake, he's made them pay badly when they've done that. So we got we got to see what Dan Lanning has in store here, because you know o- Oregon, his defense is traditionally they are very aggressive. Uh, they are. That they can get blitz happy, but Oregon right now is not a team that really gets into the backfield. If you just look at the stats, um, you know, in in sacks right now, they're sixty eighth. They have thirteen sacks on the year, and for tackles in the lot for for loss, they're they're real down there. Uh, they're in the hundreds. So they're 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 not a team that just like rushes into the backfield with those big defensive lines and fast linebackers, at least according to the stats. So you know, we we got to see how Dan Lanning wants to do that because. If DTR is given time, um, he's going to pick and you apart right now. He's going to he's going to pick you apart right, especially uh, with that secondary. So we will be really interesting to see how they play him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I you're right. He has shown that the intense pressure is not getting to him, and he not only has he been able to kind of you know throw against the pressure with the play calling and and credit to Chip Kelly there for recognizing that that pressure has been coming and him drawing up some, some excellent plays to counter that. Um, but DTR also has the natural just escapability and athleticism to get out of those situations. And if you get him on the edge or get him in space, like, he's going to take off on you and, and kill you with his legs. So I, I, I am curious to see. That is a good point. Like, what? how do they handle them? I think last game we saw Utah try to pressure and that did not end well uh, for them. So if they are going to pressure him and try to rattle him, I I, I think it's going to not end well for them. Granted, this is on the road. So it's a little bit of a different scenario. And I always feel like DTR has had terrible luck against Oregon with injuries. So that's something I hope we, um, knock on are not, not cursed with here just to, to keep him healthy and keep him upright. And, uh, keep him from getting getting any sort of knock during this game. But uh, barring that, I, I expect DTR to have a good game. I mean, there's no reason not to expect that from him at this point.
1: Yeah, if we were playing this game at home, um, I, I, I think I would pick UCLA and do so pretty, pretty confidently. Um, just, just the way we're playing right now and uh, just all, everything that's going on with DTR and Charbonnet and all that. We're on the road, so a couple of things you know come to mind. We cannot turn when we've been good at this, but we cannot turn the ball over Uh, in that crowd in that stadium. We cannot turn the ball over, and then penalties. Uh, We are a very penalized team, and on the road, you know that, that 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 can catch up to you, and so you know that that's that's something that hopefully we can avoid. Because again, I think. If you assume that both offenses play the way we expect them to play, this is going to be a game of the margins. Who can get a turnover, who can get a few stops, who can get behind the chains and just do enough to force some field goals. And that's the kind of stuff that, again, penalties, you know, turnovers, sacks, you know, that, that's that's the kind of thing that probably ends up deciding the, in a, a, the game if, if both offenses play the way that we think they are going to.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned just trying to force field goals over touchdowns in a rainy game, or even a wet game, you know, in college, kicking the ball for a field goal is not always a good option, um, so again, the, the weather can factor in there in that aspect as well, but yeah, um, we we the penalties have been annoying, I think. There was a sequence in the Utah game where we had, like, two back-to-back um, false start penalties. But we ended up scoring that touchdown on there, uh, on that drive. Yeah, see, we can
1: overcome the penalties because we have such explosive play capabilities. But again, a game like this, it's going to be margins. Um, you know, do you get in one too many third and fifteens? Right? Like, that's, that's probably what this comes down to. Uh, yeah, I expect a shootout.
0: And you're right one 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 time you shoot yourself in the foot where we could be screwed here um with that crowd especially Uh not an easy place to play and we know how loud it gets in there but if 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 we do shoot ourselves in the foot here um we will lose this game with penalties like it's it's not going to not going to help us um we'll see Uh, We just need to keep our keep our heads on here and and play calmly. But it sounds like the the team's been practicing with a lot of crowd noise uh, being pumped into into the Wasserman um, Center and whatnot. So, I mean, they're prepping for it. We'll see how they actually fare. It's obviously different when it's a real the real thing. But you know, guys like Charbonnet, guys like DTR, they've already experienced this. They know what to expect, and you would hope that they don't get rattled and are able to keep calm heads for um
1: for the rest of the team. All right, are we ready to pick this one? Uh, I'm not picking this. Hell oh, no. No. Since you're but not th- since you're not picking it, I also won't pick it. I'll just say this: I, it just feels like we're due against Oregon. Uh, we've become so close. I think what the best case scenario because we are on the road. This is a good team that we're playing, um, and. There are, again, statistically, there's some things that, that they do that, that might scare you. I think our best-case scenario here is we take the game into the fourth quarter and hopefully see if DTR and Zach Charbonnet can make a play late um, to try to win us the game. The, the, the point you brought up about special teams, um, yeah, that, that got me shaken a bit because if this comes down to a game-winning field goal or if it comes down to some kicks here and there, Barmier has been inconsistent this year uh, in that wet weather. So I really think yeah, it's best case is, you know, late in the game, get the ball in DTR's hands. Let us see if we he if, if he and, and Zach can find the end zone. Yeah.
0: Um I I feel the same way. I think there's something's gotta give and this could be that year, but I just I'm just happy to have a team that we can one be proud to support and to actually talk about having a legitimate chance here of going on the road and beating another top 10 team. Uh, I'm just grateful
1: for that. So I think what really we all want, right? Because there's an element of this that we're all like, is this really for real? Like there is an element of that across all of UCLA fandom. What we really want is for us to go and show well on national TV um, and, and play a good game. And, and if it just so happens that Oregon gets the ball last or you know a couple plays go here and there and we lose the game, I think most of us will accept that. But we want to go and play well. And, you know, I'll say I'm not the most of them. Uh, chances like this don't come very often. I, I feel like we just really got to cash in on this one. But really, we want to see that there's, this, is, this is not fool's gold. I don't think it is because Utah, I think, has proven now to be a good team. But yeah, you know, that that's really all we want. We just most of UCLA fandom is still kind of shaking here. They're, they're still still waiting to come out it, it fully.
0: Uh, I'll I'll just say this: if we win this game, I'm gonna be insufferable. Insufferable. I'm gonna be so goddamn annoying on Twitter, in person.
1: Oh, I'm gonna let everyone know. If we win this game, then next week we got to start looking at like college football playoff rankings. Because like that stuff, that, that's for real at that point. Um, like we win this game, we're probably going to get to like seven or eight in that initial college football playoff ranking. And, and we, we, let, let's say we do all this, then uh, you and me can argue why we should be ahead of Bama in that first college, college football playoff <laughs> ranking. Like, like that, that sounds like a really fun conversation <laughs> to have.
0: Uh, it feels like we're living in an alternate universe. Even consider that scenario, but well, the gateway is right. The, the, the portal
1: right. to Asgard is open right now, so we got to take it. You know, we just got to go up there and get this game. Because again, we do that. We, we just got to knock that door down, the top ten door that that has has creaked open over the Mora years, and it creaked open. A little bit that one season for Carl Durrell, but every time it just creeped open it it got shut right in our face usually by our own doing you see how we just got to knock that door down you just get up there get get in the conversation get in the fight
0: yeah I mean it's <laughs> it's uh it's always a daunting task it's always you know the the batter bruin syndrome says you're not gonna do it but I... I I think this is the best opportunity we've had in, you know, close to a decade now. So um, it's now or never for this team. Um, I cannot wait. This week feels like the longest week of all time. Uh, It's only we're recording this on a Wednesday, but this week is just crawling. Uh, And I just, I cannot wait for Saturday. Um, I've cleared my whole day for this, so this is all this is all that's on my mind for the rest of the week. So, uh, sorry for any any work that's being done a little slower.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think all all will be forgiven. All right, well, uh, I think that's that's that on that one. Basketball preseason rankings uh, have also come out, and uh, UCO I think came out in a spot that you know I think we we kind of thought it would be around there. Uh, it feels number, right. Number eight. It felt
0: right. Yeah, number eight, I think that was, it feels accurate, um, you know, for a team bringing back some big veteran pieces, but also pulling in some very high-end talent, um, freshman talent in there, a couple of one-and-done type talent. I think it's it's the right place to put us. Um I think the the ranking overall, just looking at it, and obviously preseason rankings mean absolutely nothing at this point, but looking at that the first ranking, it looked right, felt right. The one team I would um, say was a, probably a little overrated uh, would be Duke. But other than that, it was kind of where we expected us to be. I think it's pretty fair. But um, the cool thing, though, is that we're the only team – only school right now in the country that has both a football team and a basketball team ranked in the top 10.
1: Uh, so that's that? pretty cool. How about that? I think what's good about this ranking and what I like about it is, you know, last season when we got that number two ranking, um, I, I, we did deserve it. You came off a good, good run of the tournament. It put so much pressure on us early on uh, to just live up to that billing and play at that level of the tournament from the first game I think this is good in the sense that we want UCLA to be in the top 10. That's, that's where we want our, our school to be. It's where we deserve to be. But we're also not coming in with you know crazy expectations right off the gate. Yet, if we do get there, like it, it's going to be as if everyone expected it. I think UCLA fans expect this team to be very good. The other interesting thing is if you look above us, um, there's a good chance we're playing two of these teams uh, in the out-of-conference. So there's opportunity. Uh, we're gonna play Kentucky for sure and then we got Illinois who's ranked 23rd in Vegas and if we beat them we likely are going to play uh, the team that's tied for fifth which is Baylor so we got enough opportunity at a conference to where and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll cover all this you know in, in future future weeks for you know previews and things of that nature but we have enough opportunity there to where if we can win two of those three games um, then, you know, the, all, all the things that we want to happen in terms of seeding and regions and all that fun stuff. Uh, that, that that's all reality.
0: Oh yeah, totally a reality. And you can argue that this might be Mick Cronin's best team from a talent and athleticism perspective, top to bottom, um, with the depth we have. Um, I I think that. You can very easily argue this might be the best team that he's fielded um, from, from that perspective. So I, I'm pretty stoked to see what, what we do with this, this roster and how we fare this season. But still preseason, still early, um, still a lot to happen before we actually tip off. Um, still a few weeks away. But yeah, it is um, that when that first preseason ranking comes out, uh, it's always an exciting time of the year and we're, we're approaching, we're approaching mixed season and I can't wait.
1: Can't wait. Well, I'm sure in the future weeks we'll, we'll break that all down pretty well.
0: Yep. Um, and I think with that, that's kind of all we have for you guys today. Um, hopefully, uh, some of our listeners are, are going up to Eugene and, and trying to bring a... Uh, Bruin contingent up there but if not enjoy the game uh, on Saturday we're hoping for a big win if we win just be prepared we will be complete homers it's be fun. It's complete be fun. homers next week <laughs> um, it will be fun but uh, with that we'll sign off and go Bruins go Bruins